The ACC finished two and four in its bowl season for 2021. Now, what are we looking forward to as we're trying to get atop of another conference where we're competing for college football playoffs, but also how can we get together when it comes to these hoops? Because it seems like we are crabs in a bale right now. And when it comes to where we're trying to get to in tournament time, we could have a long way to go. Let's discuss all of this on today's episode with Ken Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. Do we got okay? Well, I was like, where where did Ken go? There he is. All right, so we're rolling. If you're watching on YouTube, you know that it is Monday of a new year, and we are trying to get everything in order and keep things rolling here. Happy New Year! Welcome to 2022, where things with the Locked On ACC podcast are going to get bigger and better, of course, because we have you fans listening to us. Today's episode is brought to you by. Sonos. Sonos is the experience where you can get a game like never before. The Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundboard from TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Ken Gibbs, Locked on Wolfpack in the building. Ken, how you doing? How you living in 2022? You know, I'm I'm living all right. And um, I I hope that this year is is much kinder to everyone than last year was. But but uh, this bowl season wasn't very kind to the ACC for some very particular reasons that I think we'll get into today. No doubt. Well, let's get right into it. I'm about to say UNC. Well, they did not help us, certainly. But the ACC finished 2-4 and four in the bowl games this year. 2021 was not kind to the football season. Football landscape for the conference, but overall, I feel like they were good bones, good pieces as compared to 2020. Now, they started off with Air Force in Louisville, and that was not the greatest showing. But then everyone got their hype, uh, hype around the NC State bowl game. They wanted to play UCLA, but unfortunately, there were positive cases just hours before the game. And I know I didn't really get a chance to talk to you about that, but We'll love to get your thoughts because we had already had two, three bowl games from the ACC canceled. And then this one wasn't, it was the first time that it wasn't an ACC school's fault. How did you feel about it? And, you know, just how frustrating it was for you and your squad. And looking back at everything that had happened in its totality, that, sh- that game should have been a forfeit. Hmm. There's no way around that. The fact that it wasn't is it, it makes the NCAA look like a farce. It makes it look like a joke because, you know, Dave Doran said NCAA stands for no clue at all. And, and it's hard to disagree with him when, again, the financial ramifications alone of that game, NC State is now on the hook for $3.5 million. Gone. Gone. $3.2 million was expected to be the the uh, share, the amount uh, that was shared between both teams of the bowl game. Let's be honest. That – UCLA team had not beat a winning team all year. The best team that they beat is a six and six LSU that if they lose their bowl game, congratulations, UCLA will not have won against a winning team all year. And even if they do, there is one team that's one game over 500. That's their only winner over a team that's uh, better than 500. 
Now, are we mad at the NCAA or are we mad at the bowl committees? Because I feel like NCAA has its part, sure. But to me, I feel like bowl committees and bowl you know, entities are separate things. Whoever decided that it was not going to be a forfeit because the college football playoff, the way that they said it, if one team had an outbreak and was unable to play, they were not going to postpone the games. The team that could not play, it would be marked as a forfeit. The other team would advance. Why was that not followed uniformly down the line? Because guess what? Again, $3.2 million out of the bowl game, $100,000 or $150,000 bonus for Dorn, $100,000 to his assistant coaches, gone. Gone. Sure. And I completely agree that it was handled poorly. I think a lot of blame also should be dealt with from UCLA. But I want to get a whole landscape picture from you here as we're talking about the rest of these games. But go ahead and finish your last thought. Oh, well, that's that's pretty much it. And, and the biggest thing to me was UCLA lacked transparency in that their local reporters had to report this player was not seen at practice. This player uh, allegedly has um, has come down with uh, COVID and did it out. Their actual university, their actual football program, their actual athletics department did not let anybody know these things. And yeah, I, and this definitely. is not me speculating from the outside. If you go listen to Locked On Wolfpack, me and Sam Conan had uh, of Sports Illustrated All Bruins had about a 30 minute conversation where we really broke it down and got into it. And even he admitted that this was not there were falsehoods about whether or not there was a team vote. There were falsehoods about whether or not UCLA wanted to play. And the decision came from above them, which is fine. But he also admitted there was a complete and total lack of transparency. Yeah. And what happened with other bowl games? How did Wake Forest play Rutgers? Oh, the team that they were originally supposed to play said from jump, hey, we, we got some COVID issues going on. Y'all might want to find a replacement. And guess what? When you give people ample time to do things like that, they can find somebody. When you give somebody five hours. It's tough. It's you're cook- tough. Oh, it's, it's tougher than a $2 steak that's cooked well done. <laughs> I mean, you're shaking the table trying to cut the thing tough. Absolutely. Well, go ahead. That, that's that's all I'm going to say about it. It's okay. a very disappointing situation. And again, the the fact that there was no uniformity amongst the NCAA as far as, well, we'll, po- we'll postpone and we'll do thing X, Y, and Z to find uh, replacements, or it'll be marked as a forfeit if one team can't play, if both teams can't play, it'll be marked as a no contest and da-da-da-da. There wasn't that, and that's a problem. You know, I won't spend the time because this could be a whole 30 minute episode on whether or not we count the 10th game, but I personally would not, but I get why you have to, and you should, and they should give them the bonus. So I, I understand that. So that's all my three cents on the whole situation. I I think that, I think that it should be counted as a 10th, but I know it won't be. I know it won't be. And that's just the reality. Second I time. I think Boo going to give Dave Dorn that money. But even if he gives him the money, the money wasn't the only important part here. Do you know how many times NC State in its program history has won 10 or more games? Once. Once ever. This was going to be the second season ever for that ever. From the start of this thing, I started this barbecue business up (laughs) till now. Second time ever. And it was Mm -hmm. snatched away from them by a lack of transparency. That is disheartening to say the least. 100%. Then you had Virginia Tech face Maryland, and that was definitely lopsided in the pinstripe bowl. Clemson held it down and gave us our first bowl win with Clemson beating out Iowa State. 
Virginia and SMU's game got postponed or excuse me, canceled. Then you had North Carolina play South Carolina, which was another game where I just don't even know why Carolina thinks that they can bring in the same coaches and expect different results. Absolute insanity. But here we are. Michigan State beat Pittsburgh. Wake Forest finally got us another one with against Rutgers. And then as we had mentioned, Boston College, Miami couldn't compete. And so here we are with two wins. And I'm sitting here saying, as much as we love the ACC, as much as we feel like we've made improvements, I still wish we were even having conversations of New Year's Six Bowls where we were getting really pumped for our guys. Same way I watched Utah and Ohio State. The same way everyone was excited about the Notre Dame and Oklahoma State game. Same way we watched college football playoffs. We were slightly boring if we're going to keep it a man. But even still, at least we had conference teams in that battle. Like we didn't have anybody to even have a boring game for. Where are you we know- at? What what I find what I find super interesting about this bowl season as well as last, people refuse to give the ACC its pop, proper credit and credence for everything, all of the context that has surrounded it, right? So a lot of people will look back over the last two years in bowl games and say, "Ha ha, the ACC has won one bowl game per year. They've won two over a two year span." Here's the problem with that: you're not including uh, all the games that were canceled. You're not including all the players that opted out. You're not including those things. Somebody said that the SEC um, had a bad bowl record because they were most affected by opt-outs. I beg your pardon? Last year, did did UNC go to face Texas A&M without their two leading receivers, two leading rushers, and and I'm, I'm, didn't Surratt not play in that game as well, or did he? Yeah, he did opt out. He opted okay. Out. So two leading receivers, two leading rushers, defensive leader, doesn't matter. Oh, okay. This year, the 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 only New Year's Six Bowl game that that we were in against Michigan State, the Pitt lost that game by 10. They were down three at their at their own 20-yard line in field goal position. Their third string quarterback, because Kenny Pickett opted out and the backup got hurt. Their third string quarterback throws a pick six. That is what created that 10-point spread. Now, do you think that the ACC was a little too honest in their medical history of, of announcing how many COVID issues they had? Because I feel like some conferences, there could have been problems, and yet they just let it happen. I don't know. I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist here. But I feel like even if Georgia had had an issue, we won't go know about it. Even if Alabama, Michigan, even if Cincinnati, we were not going to know about it. And that's just uh, those I'll, four. But all the other SEC teams is playing. I'm just saying. I'll tell you what, I, I find, again, I'm not even going to speculate about that because that <laughs> that could be a whole that could be a whole hour episode if we want to go down that route. If we sure. Florida been cooking their books since the beginning of this thing, but we ain't going we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna go there right now. We, we here to talk sports. So I'm going I'm to I'm try to stick to sports. But at okay. the end of the day, when I look at all of the situations that have occurred with the ACC, you talked about Virginia Tech losing their bowl game. Did they have uh, Braxton Burmeister? Did they have all of their pieces offensively? Did they even have a head coach? I don't think Braxton would have made a difference, but that's okay. We're going we to let that okay. go. Okay, but did, did they have a head coach that was their full-time permanent head coach? I mean, Coach Price, he did his thing in the final game between Virginia Tech and Virginia. Maybe it had caused, you know, Bronco to go ahead, but anyway. A six-win Louisville faced a nine-win Air Force. And for whatever reason, everybody thought, oh, it's a service school. They're going to whoop the wheels off of. Based on what? Did they if see you stop Louisville's Malik, defense? <laughs> if you could stop Malik Cunningham, you have effectively stopped that offense. They have nothing true. going for them outside of Malik Cunningham. So, again, we talk about two and four this year. 
and and it's this is a year of absurdities. Wake Forest shouldn't have played Rutgers. Rutgers didn't belong in that bowl game, and the final result yeah. showed it. That's just the reality. But things happen. They got a replacement. They got their win in. Hurrah, hurrah, good for them. No doubt. All right, I want to jump to basketball here. I know we got a lot of hoops to talk to go over. 2021 certainly ended with a bang for a lot of these schools, and 2022 opened big time for some of these programs. Now, as I reminded you guys, the new year is here. If you want to get fit, you got to get right, okay? Listen, I understand personally how it is about resolutions. We don't need those. All you need is a different mentality, a lot of consistency, and the best protein bar out there and that is a built bar it tastes like a candy bar maybe even better you want to eat healthy but it's just it really gets mundane and boring but like week three you might be thinking this is just not worth it where is the chocolate well built bar is 100 covered in real chocolate most built bar contains 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and and 17 grams of protein. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret stashes at home. Make sure you throw in some healthy built bars in there and you'll be good to go. So many flavors to choose from coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, and more. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We're rocking and rolling here, Locked on ACC. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We talk about football, basketball, and more. I am Candace Cooper, your host with Kenyon Gibbs on Mondays from Locked on Wolfpack. And we have got some great games going over here in the men's side of things when it comes to ACC hoops. Now, if you missed anything on Saturday and Sunday, you missed the chance to see Florida State get a win against NC State on Saturday. Miami beat Wake Forest in a close one until it wasn't. Virginia beat Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and Pittsburgh's game was canceled, so was Duke and Notre Dame's. Now, for NC State, we got an issue with finishing games. We got a lot of young guys. We got a lot of small guys. Small guys who can't necessarily shoot. A lot of questions about the last uh, couple plays there with calling a timeout. Of course, you always have 2020 vision when it's hindsight, sure. But then you look at teams like Miami and Virginia who are finding ways to win when it matters most, Miami picking up a second win against an ACC school, and they're just rolling. How do we feel about the Saturday slate? Do you feel good about the ones people that won on Saturday? Are you feeling like it was just another day at the ACC office? First of all, let me start here. Okay. Long of Miami is primetime TV. Okay. He's a baller. He's a stud. If if Wong in the MCU did half as much work as he did, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man No Way Home would have been about that long. Second of all, um, NC State's lack of execution down the stretch is so fascinating to me because it seems like they are finding innovative ways to lose games. Mm. Who would you say is the best player on NC State's team? Sebron. What mm. would you say? C- what would you say Darius Sebron is best at? Mm, a little mix of defense and shooting. Uh he's he mm, he could take it up the floor. Taking the, <laughs> most people would say that him attacking the basket is where he's at his best. Yeah. He's a he's a long guy. He's only hit four threes this season. Most people would say him in transition mm-hmm. is what you want. Yeah. Because if you even in half court, he's still good. He yeah. is still just so slippery. He can find a way just to sure. wiggle his way in the spaces. There should be no way he gets into it. But he's like, that's why I'm Darian C. Brown, and that's why you guys are not Darian C. Brown. <laughs> He finds a way. 
He buys yes. away. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now, with that being said, NC State is down two. We are coming up the court. Darius Sebron has the ball. We have a numbers advantage. And a timeout was called. I, I don't understand. Your best player is doing his best thing. That's. So lack of if, trust from Keats there. You if feel. Iowa last year had Luca Garza in the post, Luca Garza was a two-time back-to-back Naismith player of the year. Okay. He's also overrated to me, but that's another story. Go ahead. Watch him okay. out. He plays for the Pistons now. So watch okay. him out. Watch and they still are, are they watch the him Pistons? Out. The Pistons? Watch him out. Oh, okay. Watch him out. Okay. Don't worry. Kay Cunningham is is he's getting it together. But now with that being said. Might want to try some protein. Maybe a little more. You're telling you're telling me <laughs> that it makes sense. It is logical and reasonable mm-hmm. to say, well. Luca is in the post. That's what he does best. Let me call a timeout on this possession. We mm. need to drop a play. And here's the other part of that. Here's the backside of that. NC State has not successfully drawn up a play out of a timeout to end the game all year. Trust your guys. The opportunity to beat Florida State. With, yes, trust your guys. And, and there is a very simple saying that goes across sports that will rain as long as the sun rises on the east and sets on the west. KYP, know your personnel. If it's Jalen Gibson bringing that ball up court, Jalen Gibson had did terrible things. He was a net negative every second he was on the court. I don't know why he played over Ross for a single second, but it happened. Whatever. I'm not yeah. the head coach. I don't know what Ross did to get in Keith's doghouse. Whatever. Mm-hmm. If Jalen Gibson is bringing that ball up court, he's going to turn it over. Call a timeout. Okay. Terquavius Smith is a freshman. He has all the confidence in the world. The boy can shoot the lights out. He can also shoot them on and you dancing with the ugly girl in the club. That's what <laughs> Terquavian does sometimes, okay? That's okay. real. If you okay. see Terquavian coming up court and you say, that's a freshman, I don't want him taking a shot, call a timeout. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that. Darian driving with a full head of steam and they don't have the paint set against him? Here's another thing for reference for how bad that timeout call was. Darian Sebron only missed one shot from inside the three-point line that game. By the way, he only missed one three that game as well. So it's not say like all, he missed one three. So say all that to say, are we calling for, for Coach Keith's number? Is, is I, it, are these starting to be inexplainable? I am, I am starting to be at the point with him where I was with Dino Babers last season. And that is to say that I'm not calling for his head, but I am more understanding of people who are. I'm more okay. understanding of it. They he's he started to push me over to the dark side for my Star Wars fan. <laughs> he's gonna get no ice cream from you. Okay, I got it. Now we talk about North Carolina who beats Boston College handily. Look forward to having that conversation with AJ Black on Wednesday. It was an ugly showing. Finally got some of the young guys to get some minutes. And then Louisville and Georgia Tech, you saw the Louisville team finally get an opportunity to keep rolling. They are, you know, sitting at, what, 3-0 in the ACC, and they don't look to be stopping anytime soon. I would say, though, it feels as if we are back to the crabs in the barrel in terms of ACC play. Like, we're all just going to beat each other up and then hope for the best when it comes to tournament time. But I would love to get your thoughts there, Kenton, in regards to how we will kind of transition and make sure that we get more than four teams, at least, in the NCAA tournament. But, man, oh, man, I want to remind you guys that if you are a fan of any of these ACC teams, you have an incredible opportunity to get with get 
upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just downloaded the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN or for NFL or score if you are a college fan and get a bonus 25 cent per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside, G E T U P S I D E. Download the app for free and use promo code SCORE, S C O R E, to get up to 50 per, 50%. There it is, 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download free app Get Upside and use promo code SCORE to get 50, per, 50 cents. That's trying to get me every time. I'm trying to tell you. 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code S-C-O-R-E. Kenton Gibbs here, Locked On Wolfpack. We're wrapping up today's show. And as I had mentioned before, we had to talk about get upside right there. In terms of ACC play for the men's side, do we feel like it's a crabs in a barrel? We're all just beating each other up. And there might not be good wins, bad losses here when it comes to tournament time. I'll I'll tell you this. That Louisville team is figuring out ways to win. Hmm. They are the inverse of NC State, a young team that keeps figuring out ways to lose. That Louisville team is experienced. That's fair. And even if you look at the NC State-Louisville game, I said, watching that game, I said if if NC State forces teams, because there were two shots hit at the end, there was one by cross, uh, one by one of the guards. I can't remember what the young man's name is there were both threes the one guard hit the shot from about it had to be about 30 maybe 32 feet mm-hmm. um it, it, and it was at an angle he hit the shot hit a three-pointer clock running down nc state played a great defensive possession he hits a contested 30-something footer you live with that and then cross falling out of bounds over to quavian smith's outstretched arm hits a three-pointer as well to mm-hmm. end that game and I said, if, if they can force teams to hit that shot every game, they'll be all right. And Louisville has found a way to hit that shot every game. They have found ways to just figure it out down the stretch. They have found ways to, whenever it looks close, against Georgia Tech, against Wake, whenever it looks close, they just figure it out. They just figure it out. They have not been able to do so as well out of conference, but in conference, they've just figured it out. And that that means something. That means something. This, this team is... I don't think that um, that the ACC is a 9-10 bid conference at this point. We're just not, and that's okay. Uh, but that Louisville team is, is figuring it out, and they're looking good uh, doing it. So shout out to them for that. Okay, so to my question, how is the ACC in terms of grabs in a barrel? Are they figuring it out? Are we all going to just see a lot of teams pull away and not be in contention for NCAA tournament time? I, I don't think I don't think that it's really like a, a – a thing of there's a front runner outside of Duke being uh, leaps and bounds better than everybody and everyone else. It feels like, it feels like it's, it's kind of a, like, eh, it's a chooser's choice. I guess somebody has to come out on top. And because it's the ACC, because of the names we have, you kind of got to put a couple teams in, but 
I mean, all in all, not too many teams in the ACC have looked super, excuse me, super spectacular to where I'm like, oh man, this team here, they're scary. They're dangerous. They, they're going to keep folks up. And it's like, mm, I mean, they look good. They look good. Again, Miami has looked, they found ways to win. They found ways to finish. They look good. They don't look jaw dropping. They don't look, oh my God. It's, and again, like I said, Wong is a stud. They got some experience in that front court. They, they're doing some good things. Lord Nega is doing some good things with that team. I don't think that there is a, a like, oh, everybody is, is going to keep knocking each other off. We'll get a couple bids, and those will probably go to the top teams in the conference, and we'll we'll live with that. No doubt. I think it's really interesting, though, to see where Duke kind of picks things back up. They play Georgia Tech tonight, and we've talked so highly of them. But as they're going through their COVID issues, they're not really in great condition. Could this be one that sneaks away from them early? It'll be interesting to see how they kind of pick up the pieces because we put them on a pedestal, but now they're having to play with all of these different ramifications that they probably didn't necessarily come into play when they first started out the season. We'll also see tonight on the Tuesday uh, – episode we'll talk with jj jackson about florida state and wake forest nc state playing virginia tech and virginia playing clemson barring any covid pauses or covid issues there now you know i think that as much as i hype up duke i'm willing to willing to bet that you know there are going to be a couple games that sneak up against them especially in this conference oh absolutely first of all the battle of the blues is the battle of the blues there is no there is no way that you can chalk that one up to a win Right. Yeah. Like this, this uh, UNC team has been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde all year. We've seen some moments from this team where we're like, um, did y'all just barely escape against Brown or, or Charleston? And then we've also seen moments where they're like, Boston College, did you pinch him? Did you fight <laughs> back at all? Jesus Christ. So, I mean, there's you're you're looking at that team and when you have them going up against Duke, you're going to get UNC and Duke best game. That's what it yeah. is. That's what it is. So you're going to get that. I don't think that we'll see uh, Duke go undefeated or anything like that. I mean, the the uh, the Omicron variant has has uh, it's it's gone ahead and touched almost everybody in that program. So um, there's there's that. And we saw teams last year who were looking good before they had a COVID outbreak, and then all of a sudden. Everybody looked a little sluggish. The timing looked a little off, and and you couldn't practice together. You couldn't do things together. So everything was just a little uh, a little out of whack. And, and so we we don't know how that'll affect them going forward. But all in all, it's still very early in this season, and I'm not sure we can call it one way or another. But um, I think that this will be an exciting year of conference play. Yeah, and then we jump to the women's game. I know there are many teams, six at least, in the top 25 that if you have not had an opportunity to see, you are missing out. You missed a great one on Sunday, Louisville and, and Georgia Tech, 50-48. to 48. The Louisville women came out on top. And to me, Louisville is on a tear. They are straight focused. I think that they are definitely a team that you have to watch. They can be very scary come tournament time but Duke picked up a win against Notre Dame Virginia Tech North Carolina who still remains undefeated having a big game coming up this Thursday of course against your NC State Wolfpack and I feel like this is going to be a test to see how well this this Carolina team is doing compared to a top five opponent like the Wolfpack are this is a a nine 
bid conference. This women's basketball conference, <laughs> this is a nine, ten bid. Oh, we they look amazing. They look amazing. It's, it's great to see top to bottom. Uh, but I think what is what is super interesting about um these these women teams is not only are they super competitive with one another, they're pre-conference play schedules so tough nc state's first game of the year was against number one they also played georgia who was ranked inside the top 20 they also yeah. played stamp no did they play stanford they haven't played it? stanford yet they there was another team that they beat there was a um there's a team that they beat that was in the top five or ten or so but this this nc state team has i mean like i said oh maryland maryland was mm-hmm. number two they beat indiana as well these teams and NC State is the only team with that type of schedule because Louisville has also had that type of schedule and they've only got one loss out of it after playing ranked team after ranked team after ranked team. This conference is exciting. There is a ton of different teams that bring a ton of different things and it's all fun to watch. It's all competitive. You have Kara Lawson and company out at Duke. They're going to make it exciting. You got Notre Dame with all the bigs in the world. They can throw bigs at you in waves. They're going to make it exciting. You got NC State with depth on depth on depth. You don't know who it's coming from or when it's going to come, but you know that they're coming downhill, no frills. I mean, this, this, I, I get giddy thinking about I, how good we see, we see ACC women's basketball. You were very uh, flat when it came to talking about the men and you like perked immediately up when it came to talking about the women. Just going to put this is it out there for jewel. people who are watching YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this is our crown jewel. I mean, let's be honest. This is our crown jewel. This is the sport where we're going to see the most success now and in the near future. That's just the reality. That's yeah. it. We in basketball, we're counting on Duke to to take it home and and you know beat count all the chickens. In football, our conference champion lost to Western Michigan. Like that's that's the reality of what we're looking at there. Like there is, it's a reason that I get so excited about these teams because if you look at our top teams in conference, as far as women's basketball goes, our worst losses are number one, number 17, and number three amongst the top teams. I'm all right with that. That's- so basically this is the year or years of the woman. And that's okay. I'm cool with that. I'm yeah. cool with that. Yeah, it surely is. <laughs> and, and again, I, I, I say this. Locked on ACC fans, if you are still in the mindset and, and frame of mind that I don't watch women's basketball because it's not competitive, because there is uh, not a lot of parity. You haven't UConn been paying attention. To a, UConn <laughs> lost to an unranked team for the first time in, what was it, like 200-some-odd games? Like Guess who that unranked team was? Guess who that unranked team was? Georgia Those Tech. Yellow Jackets out of 404. <laughs> they did yeah. it. They did, did it. So – this conference is amazing. And again, I didn't even mention it. Talking about all the really good teams, I didn't even talk about Georgia Tech and Laura Lacubad and that team and all the things that they bring. This okay. conference is loaded. My pastor always said the message is so loaded and I can go on about it all day, but this women's uh, this women's basketball conference, they are that. I mean, top to bottom. Syracuse is struggling right now, but last year in the Carrier Dome, they were undefeated up until they played NC State at the tail end of the year. So these are teams that it's it's exciting to see and and also uh Syracuse lost their best player the the their big to South Carolina uh via transfer but these are teams that bring so much bring so much excitement bring games that are fun I don't know why you wouldn't watch it if you don't want to watch these games 
Just just ask yourself why. Look in the mirror and ask yourself why. Because these are entertaining, exciting games. They're going to be close. There's going to be parity. What more can you ask for? No doubt. Get on board now because the ACC tournament, I think, will be more exciting than it ever has been. And then you got NCAA tournament where we're going to see far more women's team get in there than we will see men. But, hey, I'm not being biased. I'm just telling you what it is. All right, Ken Gibbs, thank you so much. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Clearly, we're going to talk more women's hoops because that's where you shine bright and that's where your smile is elevated most. Can you please remind these folks of where they can find you for all your work? Sure thing. You can find me at LO underscore Wolfpack on Twitter. You can find me at uh, Locked on Wolfpack wherever you're listening to this except YouTube. But again, in 2022, I've made it my New Year's resolution to get on here as well. Uh, and you can find me on TikTok at Ken Talk Sports. So thank you all so very much. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, I Thank you, Candice, for having me on here every Monday. It's great to be here. No doubt. Guys, make sure you come back tomorrow. We've got more hoops talk. we got Tuesday matchups, as I mentioned before. And if you want to get on the betting action, we encourage you to listen to Locked on Bets. So you can get the lock of the day with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Get all the way wrapped up there. Come back tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on ACC. Follow us and subscribe on YouTube. Locked on ACC. Type it in and you'll be good to go. We look forward to having you next time for Candace Cooper and Ken Gibbs.